1: Turn, up your, Turn volume. up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, the Sick Podcast. with Tony Maradero.
2: 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute, and 27 seconds
0: left in regulation time, Boston 4, Montreal 3, Lafleur. Coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the Lanier back to
1: the oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know I, I, you're in the ball. Sports entertainment, like no other. on lui fait perdre la rondelle une devant. c'est pour les Canadiens.
3: de You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs!
1: Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick.
0: Aaron Arrow, and I promise you, it is going to be sick, especially tonight. Because tonight I have two friends of mine that I haven't spoken to in a while on the sick podcast. Going back probably a good couple of months, I would think. But I had a chance to see them earlier this morning. And uh, you know what? Our chemistry kicked in again, and I uh, sent them a text message a couple of hours ago, and I said, it was fun earlier today. You want to do it again? And we'll get to what we did earlier today in just a minute, but it is a sick podcast. I am Marinero, and it is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Named by the Financial Times, one of America's fastest-growing companies in 2023. Recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies, providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by these guys right over here, the TB brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La TV TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La TV TB embrace your true nature and brought to you in part by the world-renowned poker experience. Experience it with free food and drinks at their cash game tables. A bad beat jackpot that's already over $700,000 after the world record-setting amount of $2,590,000 was won. On August 2nd, weekly promotions, daily tournaments, unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. Of course, I'm talking to you about Playground. And without further ado, from the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com, Stu Cowan, and um, still with the Montreal Gazette because you can uh, read him from time to time. He does some freelancing. As a matter of fact, he did some earlier in the week and last week for the tennis that took place here in Montreal. Pat Hickey, what's going on? How are you doing, Tony? Can you hear me? Pat. Pat, everything's good? Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you great, Pat. Good. Uh, are you on the, uh, on the iPhone right now? I am on the iPhone. Maybe, if you can do me a favor, if not, it's not the end of the world, Pat, but if you could turn it sideways, it will be even better.
2: All right, I've turned it sideways.
0: And now we don't see (laughs) You know what? Put it straight again, Pat, because we don't see anything at all. All we see is a dark screen. All right.
2: Well, I... Well, I don't see anything right now. The technology uh, is not my strong point, Tony.
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand, Pat. Damn me for telling you to turn the phone, Pat. <laughs> I, I, I feel pretty guilty about this one. I feel responsible. Well, why don't we do this? Shane Gomo will put you in what we call the green room, and he's going to get you all sorted out. In the meantime, Kent and I, uh, Kent and I, uh, Stu. where did Kent come from? I don't know. <laughs> Us bald guys all look the same. Kent.
4: He, 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 maybe,
0: maybe that's what it is, Stu uh but i guess because we're going to be talking about kent Hughes, it's going to be pretty much primarily our topic of conversation tonight we'll be talking everything montreal canadian Stu, i mentioned that you and um and i and pat had a chance to see each other earlier this morning if you can uh where were we exactly and uh,
4: the code st luke men's club and thanks for coming out there tony i've spoken to that group uh at least five or six times in the past uh few years, a passionate group of older gentlemen in Cote St. Luke who are huge sports fans. They have a hot stove league they do once in a while that I've been invited to speak there. Michael Farber has spoken there before. Yeah. Pat Hickey spoken there before. Herb Zerkowski, who was with us this morning also, has spoken there before. So it was great to get you out there for the first time today, Tony. I know the yeah. guys really enjoyed having you out there, and I think you had a good time also.
0: I had a great time. Uh, it, it's not, you know, it, it's not often you can get all of us together in the same room at the same time. And, uh I think we had a lot of fun with Herb, but Herb's quite the character, eh? And so, oh uh, yes,
4: Herb yeah. is a character. You got a few good singers on not know. And that was a lot.
0: Of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun, Pat, as as I'm sure so did you, huh? I certainly did. It was. Uh, it's
2: always fun uh, to be there, and uh, I think you added an extra element to it today, Tony.
0: Ah, uh, thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. All right, okay. So, guys, without further ado. Let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Kent Hughes addressed members of the media a couple of days ago, following up on on the trade, which sent uh, Jeff Petrie uh, back home for him to the Detroit Red Wings, of course. He had a chance to say a couple of things, which we're going to get to in a minute. He also talked about Casey DeSmith. There's a situation now with the four goalies that we're going to get to as well. Rob Ramage on Logan Mayu, Kent Hughes on Logan Mayu. Why don't we start with the goalies? Uh, at one point earlier today, Samuel Montembeau was trending in Canada. Why? Because our buddy Marc-Antoine Gaudet of Radio Canada tweeted out that no negotiations yet for Montembeau's group and can't use, and we'll see what happens. Guys, he's in the last year of his contract. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. The Canadians have four goalies right now, Montembeau, Allen, Casey the Smith. Caden Primo. Pat, we'll start with you. When all is said and done, how do you see this goaltending situation sorting itself out?
2: Well, I think that uh, Montembeau deserves a shot at at number one. I think he had better numbers slightly than Jake Allen did last year, um, and it's up to the Canadians now to figure out where he fits into their plans. I don't think there's any uh, rush to, to sign into an extension. Uh, I don't think there should be. And, uh, but I think they have to find out whether he can play, uh, say, 15 games out of 20 and then see if he can handle a, a starter's load. I think eventually in, in a year, two years, they're going to have to come out, they're going to have to come up with a quality goaltender. And whether they do that uh, by a trade or free agency, uh, I don't think the guys right now are, are any more than backup goaltenders. I think Montembeau can be a very effective backup goaltender. Uh, but I don't think uh, – well, they have to find out whether he can handle the starters
0: at all. Uh, Stu, it sounds like Pat's saying that Montembeau can be a 1B instead of being a 2. Uh, how do you see him, and how do you see this situation sorting itself out? Well, first of all,
4: I'm really happy that Marc-Antoine Godin has landed uh, another job with Roger Canada. He was a recent uh,
1: – layoff at
4: um the athletic and mark antoine as anybody who's been around covering the canadians and always he's a great guy does a great job writes in yeah. both languages so it's a tough business this media business right now so i was happy to see him land on his feet and get another job not surprised because he's so talented oh, no. but very happy uh, but for the goaltending situation it's um kate hughes doesn't need a rush he's so patient you know patience is a virtue as they say he doesn't need to rush into anything with samuel Montebo. first they need to find out after training camp, if they send Caden Primo down to Laval, he could be claimed on waivers. So if he is, now you're down to three goalies right there. So he doesn't need to rush into anything. Montembo's under contract for this season. Jake Allen's under contract for two more seasons. He, in his news conference or his Zoom conference the other day, he said that with the Smith, he said he told him he's not going to bury him in the AHL. He's going to try and move him, but he doesn't have to do anything quickly. Like, let's Montembo, let's, he played well last season. Let's see if he can do it again this season. If he plays very well, then Kent Hughes will probably start negotiating with him on another contract. If he doesn't play well, well, it's the last year of his contract and you can let him go. So there's no reason for Kent Hughes to rush into anything right now. Uh, Sam Manta was in a position now. It's up to him to prove uh, that he can be either a 1A or a 1B. I don't think he's a 1A goalie in the NHL. I think a 1B, I think now in the NHL is more of a two goalie system. Uh, Vegas won the Stanley cup this season. They had five goalies. So there's no reason for them to rush into anything. And I think that's what Kent Hughes is doing. He's going to be patient and let's see, let's, See how things play out. Uh, if he gets an offer for DeSmith that he likes before the season starts, you'll probably move him. If he doesn't, then you wait and see if Caden Primo is going to clear waivers. Is he not going to clear waivers? And then you go from there.
0: Pat, every time a goaltender doesn't make it to the National Hockey League level on, on, on a full time basis, we're reminded by general managers or coaches that it takes goalies longer to develop than others. Having said that, Caden Primo was drafted just over six years ago, June of 2017. Of course, we all know he was a seventh-round pick, 199. He was more of a gamble than anything else, uh, usually when you're a seventh-round pick. My question to you is, is two of them. What do you think the Canadians think of Caden Primo, and what do you think of Caden Primo?
2: Well, Caden uh, Primo has been a bit of a disappointment to me. I thought that he would be better... Um, he won the uh, Richter Trophy as the top goaltender in the U.S. college hockey. Uh, we've seen Devin Levi from, uh, from Dollar win that uh, since then and, uh, and had a fairly impressive start in a limited role in Buffalo after his college career ended. Um, you know, I, I thought that he would be better than he was. I thought he was better than the seventh-round draft choice. The Canadians took a, a flyer on him because uh, he had a problem with his coach in the USHL. I think uh, because they knew he was going to go to college, and they wanted to to give more work to a younger goaltender, and that's why he dropped a little bit because he didn't play a lot in his USHL his final USHL season. Um, you know, I think that he's had some opportunities to come up in the NHL and and just hasn't been able to take advantage of them. I have a feeling that he's on a on a short leash. It might be the best thing to happen for him. Is to have somebody pick them up on waivers if that's if that's what they end up doing. I mean, they'll have to put them on waivers to send them back to Laval, and that might be the best uh, best chance for them. And uh, the the other goaltender they have is Jacob Dobis, who's another college guy. And um, you know, if 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 uh, Primo does get picked up on waivers, then they're going to have to find another goaltender somewhere. I think there was some excitement, or just getting back to Montembeau, there was some excitement when he won the gold medal at the world championships. Uh And I think that the best thing that can be said about that is that it should give him a loss of confidence. It should give him more confidence. But I think that you can read too much into his performance there because he didn't play against any NHL players. And I think that has to be taken into consideration. The fact that the competition there wasn't that good. And probably this was, this might've been the weakest field of a world championship uh, tournament that I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, that's probably a first statement, Pat. Let's go to Kent Hughes on Casey the Smith. Let's bring that up.
3: C'est le second de quatre gardiens, c'est sûr qu'il vient à Montréal puis tombe dans une organisation où il y a quatre gardiens qui veut jouer dans la ligue nationale. Alors j'ai dit à Casey écoute euh sois patient. Euh l'idée c'est pas de uh, je, je cherche le mot un peu en français, mais de bury you dans les dans la ligue américaine. Uh, alors, on va voir, on va continuer à regarder des les choses qui peut uh, les chances pour les changer ou faire de quoi pour changer un peu les choses. Uh, mais ça prend une patience avec avec le marché des gardiens parce que ça bouge pas si vite que ça.
0: All right, Kent Hughes says it's going to take patience with the goalie position. I know we have four of them. Things don't move very quickly when it comes to goalies in the National Hockey League. I called Casey. I told him to be patient. I told him, don't worry about it. I'm not going to bury you in the American Hockey League. Uh, But there's something to be done here. Either he gets traded or there's something that has to be done internally. But patience is the key and patience is the word. You hear that, you think what, Stu
4: Cowan? Well, as I mentioned earlier, there's no reason for Ken Hughes to rush <clears throat> Excuse me, and you mentioned, you know, Pat mentioned the best thing for Caden Primo might be to be claimed on waivers. The best thing for the Canadians might be for him at this point to get claimed on waivers. Um, he hasn't shown anything to make you believe he can play. He's been very good in the AHL and not very good in the NHL. And as you mentioned, Tony, seventh round draft pick. Um, scouting's an imperfect business. You know, Marty St. Louis is a perfect example. Never drafted, wanted to have a Hall of Fame career. But as one scout told me, <clears throat> who I really respect, He said more often than not, guys who were drafted in the seventh round end up being like seventh round players and guys who are drafted in the first and second round end up being first or second round players. So it's just a case that, you know, there was holes in his game, obviously, which is why he was drafted in the seventh round. Um, and at this point in his career, I don't see the I don't think he has a future in Montreal. And if he does get claimed on waivers, now you've got Casey to Smith. You've got three guys who have proven they can play in the NHL. And then Kent Hughes can make the Smith either the number one guy in Laval. Uh, there's the injuries to goalies. Jake Allen hasn't been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. Uh, Montembeau has had injury issues. So you want to have three goalies that can play. And then Kent Hughes can feel things out and decide what he wants to do. Is he get a better offer for Jake Allen? Can he get a better offer for Montembeau if he plays really well going into the last season of his contract, if they don't think he's the goalie of the future? So there's a lot of options for um, Kent Hughes. And he said with the Smith, he asked the Smith to be patient. And Kent Hughes is being patient, and I I applaud him for that because there's no reason for him to rush into anything right now with the goaltending situation. Plus, they drafted three goalies this year. Mm -hmm. Now they have a a stockpile of goalies, and you just hope that, you know, a couple years down the road, like if Caden Primo, at one point, they thought he was going to be the goalie of the future. It doesn't look like he will be, so maybe Montembeau is. Uh, maybe one of the three guys they drafted it. Maybe Casey Desmith. is. goalies are weird. I mean, goalies can be yeah. hot and cold. They come. You know, look at as I mentioned with Vegas, had five goalies this year that played for them. So there's no reason patience is a virtue, as I mentioned earlier. And Kent Hughes asking Desmith to be patient, I think, is the right move. And Kent and Kent Hughes himself being patient is also a smart move you will have
2: to be patient with those three goaltenders they drafted yeah, because yeah. they're they're a few years away from. Oh yeah, like the exactly. Best, best yeah. possible exactly. scenario. Exactly. There. So
4: they got yeah. they got Jake yeah. Allen for two more years, and then if they re-sign Montembeau for another two years, they, they don't need to really worry. Goaltending isn't at the top of Kent Hughes's uh, worry list right now.
0: Pat Bobby on YouTube Live says Casey the Smith cannot play here. They already have to put up with the Logan mayu situation. Obviously, he's referencing. 2014 University of New Hampshire, Casey DeSmith arrested for domestic assault and resisting arrest charges uh, uh, of of allegedly punching and spitting on a woman who was his girlfriend at the time. Do you think what happened in 2014 will at all impact the direction they're going to take with Casey DeSmith?
4: No, no. Uh, I don't either. It's nine years ago. I mean, I would imagine there hasn't been anything since then, or we haven't heard anything since then. Kent Hughes is a smart guy, does his homework. So I I don't think that's going to factor into it.
0: Yeah, and Kent Hughes uh, did call Samuel Montembeau's agent to say, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. It leads you to believe that Montembeau will start the season as the number one, uh and and I I'd look, I look I guys I think it's going to be difficult for Jake Allen to try and get it back not that it's not attainable it's just that when you get to a certain age and your motivation is probably a little bit different than Bo's age and his motivation I think it's going to be tough in that respect right
4: Pat Well I think Jake Allen's still yeah. a highly motivated athlete um and it's yeah. competition's a good thing so if you have these two guys competing for the number one job there's nothing wrong with that and let the whoever's the hot the hot guy, you have the net and go about it that way. And in today's NHL, I mean, you're not going to see goalies playing 60, 70 games anymore. Uh, it's just, it's too much of a wear and tear. So you have two goalies, yeah. you have a 1A and a 1B, and you have them battle it out to see who's going to be the 1A, who's going to start maybe three quarters of the games and the, yeah. the other one start the other quarter.
2: I think the one thing about these two guys are, I think they're both motivated. They're both hard workers. And I think one of the things that might help them this year is the defense in front of them will be better. Uh, it, it, just in a sense that they might be able to get six or seven defensemen who play for most of the season. You had Caden Gooley play 30-something games. You had Arber Jacki only played 30-something games. You know, you had guys in and out with injuries. Matheson was hurt a couple of times. Uh, uh, David Savard I think, was one of the few, uh, and Jordan Harris, one of the few defensemen who, who played for most of the season. Uh, uh, Jonathan Kokosevich. Who was a big surprise I think and uh, and should be you know probably start the season in the top four so you know I have a situation there where I think they'll be better because the the guys in front of them are better if you look at Las Vegas last uh, at the Stanley Cup final yeah uh, the goaltender they had was their third or fourth goaltender yeah and he played really well in the playoffs but he got a lot of help from the defense. One to six, that was the best defensive core in the NHL. And, you know, they, they had the most depth. They didn't have the best defensemen, but they had a field, they had a group of six guys who played well. Yeah. They didn't allow any shots from in close. They Big and strong, open. too. Big and they strong. Kept, they didn't, give you, strong, they didn't right. give you a lot of ice. They didn't give you a lot
0: of ice. Yeah, all
2: their defensemen were over six feet men. tall. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and except with the exception of one guy all over uh, 200 pounds. Pat, speaking of
0: guys, if I can. Speaking of defense, Stu, uh, Grant McCagg, former scout with the Montreal Canadiens, now of Recruits and Recruits.ca, he also co-hosts along with Shane Gaumont, who's a Master Control the Sick Recruits Draftcast, which you can catch, of course, if you subscribe to their YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. He had an interesting take on newly acquired
5: Gustav Lindstrom. Listen very carefully, guys. At thirty eighth overall, Lindstrom. Lindstrom, and he's and he's still only 24 years old. So from what I've looked at and what I think the Canadians are offering more opportunity, uh, he's going to be on the second pairing with either Matheson or Gooley, and, I mean, that's a huge step up from Robert Hag, and that alone will help his game. The fact that he'll have a better defense pairing, he'll get better opportunity, and I think those point totals are going to go up this year. So, for you, seen, for you, for you, Gustav Lindstrom's in the Montreal Canadiens top six. There's no doubt about it. I think he'll be on the second pairing.
0: You think you'll be on the second pairing, eh?
5: Well, I think, yeah. Uh Kovacevic is the ideal
0: Kovacevic, Yeah.
5: Yeah. Barron, I think, goes back to Laval. And Logan Mayu won't be quite ready yet. Weidman, I think, will probably be put on waivers. I agree. And with you. Uh, Lindstrom will be. On the second pairing, that's see, the way uh, I see. It. I, so, so look, that's a big time interesting
0: take. Uh, here we are tonight. Tonight we're August sixteenth. All right. So things can change between now and uh, opening night, which is just going to be under two months away. But I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Lindstrom to start on the third pair, and Kovačević mm. to start on a second pair. That's the way I see it for now.
5: Well, they they traded for him for a reason, and I think the the opportunity is there. Kovitzavich is is ideally a third pair guy.
0: Well, you're right. And and
5: uh, Lindstrom Lindstrom's got more offensive upside. He's a better skater. I don't see why there's any reason why he won't be on the. But I mean, it's semantics. They're all, you know, they're whatever it is. It's going to be second or third pairing. Uh, I think it's probably going to be this the second pairing, and as I say, he's going to go from playing. Uh-huh. He played behind. He played behind. He wasn't going to beat out Ronick or Sider in the top two pairing. That doesn't mean he can't be a second-pairing defenseman. It just means that he didn't have the opportunity. I got well, you. He's got to beat out Jonathan Kovacevic. He's going from having to beat out Ronick to having to beat out Kovacevic. There you have it. Pat? I, is, I think
2: uh, I think he's wrong. I I would be surprised if uh, I'd be surprised if Lindstrom starts the season in the top six. And I don't think they're going to tr- they're going to put Chris Weidman on waivers because he's got to be their seventh defenseman. They have you, to you... veterans like that 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 doesn't mind sitting a lot, and they have to, or the other guys have to play now whether they play in Laval or they play in the NHL. The, the, the young guys all have to play.
0: So you think Lindstrom is going to start in Laval then?
2: I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have to prove more than he's already proved. His 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 games played last year went down by fifty percent. His time on ice went down by two minutes a game. Um, I mean, he was not. He was not a. Uh, he was not a uh, player that Detroit wanted to keep. There, there was no room for him there. So now you know they do have some good defensemen, but I, I just don't see him. You know, I, I think it's. I think the. I think the battle for de, uh, jobs on defense will be the most interesting part of training camp, and I think there's going to be a lot of guys in the in the fight, and uh, we'll see what happens.
4: I'm Steve, gonna, who's who's
0: going to come out of this fight?
4: I'm going to agree with Grant on this one. Um, have, adding though that training camp's going to prove decided because who would have thought Arbor Jackey was going to make the team last year instead of Justin Barron. And they just, he he won the job at training camp. I think that's going to happen again. But I think they're going to give every opportunity for Lindstrom. I think, I love Jonathan Kovacevic as a player. I love him as a guy. He's a smart, smart guy. Uh, Interesting guy to talk to. Played really well last year. But I think he's one of those guys, he's a better bottom fifth or sixth defenseman. I think he's one of those guys when you play him more minutes against better players, his game's going to start to break down. Lindstrom's a high second round pick. He was uh, just looking at his 38th overall. Uh, there's talent there, he's 24 years old, and the interesting thing Kent Hughes said the other day too is that the Detroit Reddings have had a lot of success drafting guys out of Sweden, and they've been able to find guys other guys haven't. And here's another Swedish guy that they've drafted, and I think it's a case of an opportunity. I think the they, don't, they, they don't usually trade them, though,
0: they don't usually trade them. No, that's yeah. true,
4: but but also for them, getting Jeff Petrie at a $2.3 million salary cap hit, I'm sure they never expected that to happen. Just the way things happen. If you get Jeff Petrie at two point three million on a veteran on a young team, that's a pretty good pickup. So for Lindstrom, I think they're I think the Canadians are planning. I think their plan is to have them be on their second bearing. Stu, uh, I, 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 I wanna Yeah. They know I, what they have in Kovachev. again to me, Kovachev, yeah. excuse me, not a lot of offensive upside, but he's a solid, solid number five, number six defenseman. And he, he showed that last year. For a guy who was picked up on waivers, he played really, really well. And I think the only thing I find with him, I think if you start giving him, as I said, more minutes against better players. Yeah, You know, you're on the fifth, sixth defense and you're playing against the other team's third, fourth line most of the time. I think it might be an issue for him if he gets bumped up uh, to a top four.
0: But Stu, I, you know, I want to add something, and it, and I'm going to add it not by discrediting Lindstrom because I believe in giving a chance to everyone to see mm-hmm. what they can do, but it's more maybe to play devil's advocate here or more to give a little bit of a different twist to this, okay? If I would ask you Detroit Red Wings where do you see them in the standings
4: well they're a rebuilding team also right but
0: rebuilding team so so yeah. so you wouldn't have them in the playoffs right no all right chances are you probably wouldn't have them in the playoffs in a year from now correct is that safe mm-hmm. to say
4: yeah I mean the lot can change quickly look at the new perfect
0: jersey. okay great so how high do you think the Red Wings are on Lindstrom to trade a 24-year-old on a team that wants to be young and wants to rebuild that you don't have making the playoffs this year, probably don't have making the playoffs next year, neither do I, by the way, to acquire a defenseman who's going to be 36 in December. Now, it doesn't mean the Red, the Red Wings are right and the Canadians are wrong. I'm not saying that.
4: I'm just trying to look at a different thing angle. thing with Petrie, though, Tony, Petrie's going to go there. I'm sure he's going to wear a letter on his sweater. He's going to be a leader in the locker room. He's still got game left. He's in incredible physical condition. It's a good story, too, for Detroit. They're bringing his dad, won the World Series with the Detroit Tigers. I saw Petrie's going to wear number 46, the same number his dad wore with the Tigers. He's going to be back home where he grew up. I think there's a different value for the Red Wings than that. And having a veteran guy. And the same reason the Canes
2: want Sean
0: Monahan around. That's, right? a, been a Stu, that's, that's all fine in that. If you were the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, Stu, if you were Steve Iserman, would you go out and get a defenseman who has two years left on a rebuilding team who will play in the top four in exchange for a defenseman who is 11 years younger who can possibly be on your team for the next decade and probably be a top 4 because well, if, he's going back home and his father No, but if if I, I felt funny,
4: if I was a GM and I thought my team really needed some experience on the blue line, yes, the same reason why the Canadians feel they really need some experience at forward, which is why Sean Monahan's coming back.
2: If you can get if you can get a 6 million dollar defenseman for 2.4 million uh and a proven uh, value, then you take him.
0: But he's not and a six million dollar defenseman anymore. It may be
2: They're only paying him two point three or two point uh, four. I, it I may know, be an it may be an indication that maybe they're not that high on Lindstrom.
0: Well, that's that's what I'm getting, and once again, yeah. it doesn't mean they're right, and it doesn't mean the Montreal Canadiens are wrong. So we'll see it play itself out. Okay, Kent Hughes, um, on the Logan Mayu situation.
1: Mayu, uh, uh, je sais qu'il
4: y avait une rencontre avec Gary Bettman de prévu au mois de juillet. Est-ce qu'on a du nouveau euh, officiellement concernant ça ou il y a pas encore de réponse officielle? Pas encore de réponse officielle à
3: Renault. All
0: right, so Gary Beman hasn't weighed in on Logan Mayeu yet. Paul, uh Pat Paul, where am I going tonight?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First I called the uh, Stu uh, Kent, now I I'm, I'm like a, a Pat Paul. Paul uh, Pat Pat, please tell me your middle name is Paul. No. <laughs> it's, it's Valentine. Is it Valentine really? Yes it is Ah oh, very nice. go ahead Pat. Your thoughts on Logan Mayo
2: I think that I think that whenever the Canadians feel that he's ready, I think that Bettman will uh, will allow him to play. I think that if he doesn't allow him to play, you'll hear a big squawk from the Players Association and I think they'll point out the fact that there are guys that are playing in the league right now that have committed far more grievous offenses and are still playing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's nonsense that they haven't already cleared him by now. He's done all the things that they want him to do. It's not his fault the Canadians drafted him. He asked not to be drafted. Um, I think that um, I think Stu mentioned earlier today that, that this might be a punishment of the Canadians for, for defying the NHL and drafting him. And there could be a little bit something in that. But I think at some point they're going to have to let the kid play. And I think that if they did, if they don't, there will be the big squawk from the Players
4: Association, and uh, and they'll they'll move on from there. And, I would think that I would think Ken Hughes already knows what the answer from the NHL is going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. has a pretty good idea. And there's no the NHL doesn't have to announce anything yet because they haven't, the Canadians haven't decided that Logan May is going to play in the NHL, and I don't think he's going to be ready to play in the NHL this season. I think he's going to play in Laval. So until the Canadians. Want to put him on the roster? Then then you call the NHL. We want to put Logan Mayo on the roster, and can we? And I think he should be on the allowed to play. He's paid a price for what he did. Um, it's going to follow him for the rest of his career. It will always be part of his story. Um, you know, he made that mistake when he was a uh, 17 years old. Uh, you can't punish him for the rest of his life for it. It's up to him to prove that uh, he's a better person than that. And that's why he asked not to be drafted. He said, "I don't want to be drafted because I want to have a year to prove that I'm a better person than what I showed." The Canadians ignored that, and that's as I mentioned this morning. As Pat mentioned, if there is a suspension, I think it might be as much a suspension against the Canadians from the NHL as a suspension against Logan Mayu, because Gary Bettman was furious when the Canadians drafted him, and Gary Bettman doesn't like when people do what he didn't, don't do what he tells them to do. So maybe there'll be something with that. But personally, I think Logan Mayu should be allowed uh, to play in the NHL, but I don't think he's going to be ready to play in the NHL this season. So Me Whether we even get the he's going to start in Laval. And then eventually when the Canadians decide if they want to call him up, then the call will go to Gary Bettman and then they'll announce whether he's allowed to play or not. And until then, you know, there's no, they don't need to announce anything yet because there's no decision to be made. Uh, the one telling point is that he
2: has signed an NHL contract. Yeah. And that contract had to be approved by the NHL before he signed it. And I think that's an indication that at some point they're going to be willing to let him play. And yeah, I think, and as I said, I'm,
4: I'm pretty sure that Kent Hughes probably already knows what the yeah, answer is going
0: to be. Yeah, yeah, Montreal Canadiens Director of Player Development, Rob Ramage, who was in conversation with Grant McCagg for Recruits.ca a couple of days ago. We have an excerpt here uh, of, of what he said regarding the Mayu situation. We talked about this. Mayu said to me, I've done all this work. I'm being a good person. Does it ever end? I said, Logan, speaking from experience. And obviously, my deal was a lot more serious than yours. It never ends. But what you are going to do as a hockey player and a person, it will be nothing but a footnote because you are going to do much greater things that will far outweigh this incident. That's reality. We live in an age where this never goes away. It's there and will always be there. Speaking from experience, I get it. Hey, I'm a convicted felon. My buddy died. I get it. There's no running from it. That's why I speak. That's why I'm out. It's there. Let's try and draw something positive from it.
4: That's fantastic advice from Rob Ramage. It's, it's And I can't think of a better guy to, to be handling Logan Mayo at this point. As you mentioned, drunk driving and his, his, had a friend die in the accident and he was convicted for it. Um, but with Rob Ramage, it'll always be part of his story, but it's not the second paragraph of every story that's written about Rob Rabbitt now not anymore. It's part of his background and, uh, he's moved on and I believe in people deserving second chances. And, um, the thing with Logan May, it was that, you know, he asked not to be drafted and the fact that Canadians did draft him um, for, for that player, I'm sure in the back of Jeff Molson's mind, they're wondering, was it worth it for, you know, the, the, the stain that put on the Canadians at that time, but, uh, you know, he's, we haven't heard anything negative about him since then. He's he stood out at the development camp. He's one of the best players on the ice. He's big. He can skate. He can, he's got a wicked shot. Uh, he needs to work on his defense a bit, but every young defenseman does. Um, I would expect he's going to be a, a, a good player in the NHL, not necessarily a great player, uh, but time will tell him. Like I said, I, I think it's time for uh, – uh, to move on and he should play. But as Rob Ramage told him, this will always be part of his story. And he made the mistake. And that's what happens when you make, you know, dumb decisions in life come with consequences. And uh, there's a consequence that came with what he decided to do, uh, even though he was at a young age and it's going to follow him for the rest of his life, but it doesn't have to define him for the rest of the, his life. The same way as what happened with Rob Ramage doesn't define him. And uh, Rob Ramage is, as I said, I think he's a perfect guy to be working with Logan Mayer at this point. And Logan, and when we spoke with Rob Ramage at development camp, he said he spent more time. Sorry, spent more time with Logan Mayo than I have with my own kids over the last couple of years. He's been around them uh, pretty constantly, and and it's a good guy. It's hard to judge someone you have never walked a mile in their shoes. Well, they've walked in similar type of shoes, and Rob Ramage can understand what Logan Mayo is going through. And it's probably great for Logan Mayo to have a sounding board, who a guy who can relate, you know, the a similar type of situation. Pat,
0: uh, I know you don't have a crystal ball here, but, uh, you know, we love opinions and we love when uh, when people give them. Stu says, Mayu will be a good NHLer. He won't be a great one. No, I said, I, I,
4: think, you know, who knows, I, right? I think he'll be good. No, no, I don't know if he'll be great.
0: Pat, will he be great in your opinion?
2: Uh, I think he'll be very good. I, th- I think he has the potential to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he would be a top four guy in terms of ice time. Um, you know, he might be a five, six defenseman, but he'll see a lot of time on the power play, probably on the first unit, if he develops the way he has so far. He's got a tremendous shot. He also has a lot of creativity. Uh, it, there's a video out there of a hat trick earlier this season, and he finishes it off with a Michigan on a power play. And, um, uh, I mean, it's tough enough to to pull off a Michigan. Um, what a defenseman's doing uh, in front of the net on a power play, I don't know, but uh, it's certainly it's it's a testament to his skill, and uh, I think skill will go will take him a long way. Um, defense, you can learn up to a certain point. Um, there are some
4: instincts that.
0: Oh, we lost Pat for a second there, but the still. Thing,
4: uh, my my what Pat was yeah. saying. I mean, go ahead. At the, at the development camp, the thing that really stood out with me with May, well, apart from the shot, uh, is just how mobile he is on his skates. Yeah. Like a big guy. He, he moves move really through. well. And you know, Arbor Jacker. That's one of the things that really impressed me with him last year is how mobile he was on his skates. But Logan May was a lot more mobile than uh, the Jacker. That's not a knock on Jack guy. It's Just he's a yeah. much more uh, natural, fluid skater. Uh, than Arbor Jack guy is. And and it's, uh, as I said, at development camp, he, he really stood out. He was, uh, uh, he really, really looked good. And as I said, the potential is there for him to become a, a very good, if not a great defenseman. But I think he'll definitely be a good defenseman in the NHL. He's got, he's got size, shot, yeah. um, you know, physical. Uh, he played 30 minutes a game uh, in the playoffs last season in junior. Yeah. Uh, he's coming out of the London Knights program with the Hunter brothers. That's as close to a professional organization as you're going to get. Yeah. Outside of the NHL. So all those things are are in his favor.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to Pat in a second, but not before I talk Mm -hmm. about Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City, visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at Murphy Clinic. So, Pat, you're impressed with Logan Mayu in the Michigan. Uh, He and I have something in common. Michigan's that is only, I eat mine at LaFleur's. Uh, He does (laughs) his uh, on the ice. But, uh, okay. Uh, Let's move on to Kent Hughes. Two clips here. One of them talking about his core group. And two, talking about the team that he has at his availability right now. And how competitive or not they will be. Let's hear both back to back.
3: That I that I was around or had clients part of uh, as an agent had a real core group that grew together that were very very close. I I don't think you're ever going to have a team where everybody's within a year or two, and they usually end up being veterans that come in that kind of help bring this young group over the top and lead them or lend their experience. But you know we, we look at it and our, our core guys are our, our young hockey players, so we want to be able to kind of capitalize to like as we go out you know we everybody thinks susie's a young guy but you know if, if you've got a, a 99 birth year and you're drafting 2005 and 2006 all of a sudden you know you start looking at how how do, how do they grow together or by the time these young guys start coming up or how many of the young guys can come up and and be ready to contribute while the rest of your core is still in their prime so um you know we i believe that you know as we accumulate uh draft capital and we've used it in the past we'll do it to try to um you know probably gives us a little bit of a luxury to maybe overpay uh, slightly to acquire a player that we want that can help us uh to compete when the window that we believe we can do it in
0: all right want to the get your- yes yeah, to go ahead on the core well,
4: part of this rebuilding plan we can't use is getting guys all around the same age group, right? As you mentioned, as an agent of the teams that you saw that were really good, they always, you know, not, not just they bond on the ice, they bond off the ice. And, um, uh, you know, with Newhook, they talked about, I talked with Newhook's parents uh, for a column there, Alex Newhook, a little while ago, and he said it was harder for him to fit in in Colorado because all the guys were older. They had families, like after practice, they'd go home to their families and their kids and whatnot. He was sort of the young guy and maybe felt a little bit left out uh on this team they're they're 22 23 24. they're all going up together on and off the ice and i was reading i was on vacation there a couple weeks ago and i read uh, a book on mark and not the most recent one but one that came out a few years ago i talked a lot about his time with the oilers and a lot of it was about how glenn say built that team with all these young guys growing up together on and off the ice remember that boys on the bus documentary that they did i'm not saying the canadians are going to be the dynasty that they have with the oilers for, but it's a similar type of philosophy that Kent not use has is get these guys all 22 23 24 get them to be friends on the ice friends off the ice grow up together experience things on the ice experience yeah. life experiences off the ice together learn from each other and that's what i was thinking you know just the column i wrote the other day and just going, going through it you know suzuki harvey Pennard and lidstrom are all 24 yeah. jordan harris and yolan are 23 cole caulfield kirby dock alex Newhook, and arbor jack are 22 Goulet and Barron are 21. Sulkowski is 19. They got a lot of young guys on this. This team. is the way
0: you do it, Stu. This, this is, is the, the way to rebuild, rebuild. You know, the have That's
4: saying Rebuild, 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 and you got you have to be patient because this is what they're doing now. They're getting all these young guys, and you know Lister's one of those other uh, examples of it. 24 years old, didn't get a lot of playing time in uh, in Detroit. They're giving him an, uh, more of an opportunity uh, here with the Canadians to do something, and that's how you rebuild the team. You yeah, build it on and you build it off days and from being around the locker room uh you know when shea weber and carrie price were around those guys took up a lot of oxygen in the room like they were the leaders they were the guys right they were they called shea weber dad in yeah. the locker room whereas now they're more it's more like they're a bunch of brothers in the locker room as, as opposed to young guys looking up to the dad figure and
0: you're right you're right
4: weber. that's a good point so, still so there's they're a bunch of brothers right now and and a band of brothers and i think that that's the way if you're going to rebuild a team. And as Kent Hughes said from his being an agent and talking with players on different teams, right? He had players playing all over the league. Uh, he said the teams that seemed to have success were those teams that were young and grew up together. And as I mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers are – the Edmonton Oilers of the Gretzky-Messier years are a perfect example of that. And, you know, they made mistakes on the ice. They made mistakes off the ice also. And they grew and they learned from it. And they grew and learned together. And I think that's a really good way to go about rebuilding a hockey team.
0: Pat, this last audio clip that we're going to make you hear, and I'd love you to weigh in on this one, it's interesting because you wonder if Kent Hughes is actually saying the truth or you wonder if he's just setting the bar low so like that they can, uh, you know, exceed those expectations of setting the bar low. So let's hear what he had to say
3: want to get your thoughts on how you feel your roster is uh equipped to handle an uber competitive division and uh conference and and what uh, what you think the future holds for the
1: canadians this year
3: well listen we do have an overly competitive division or uber competitive and i don't think that's going to change here um in the near future you know i think it has been for some time if you really look at it right where for a period of years, you had Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Uh, it's not like any of those teams are going anywhere. And, and now we've got the Buffaloes and Detroit's and Ottawa's and Montreal's, uh, you know, trying to uh, to knock the door down here and and climb into uh, a top three spot in the division. Do I think we're ready? I, I think on paper, the, the answer is no. Uh, but I think I said that last year at the start of the season, you know, I'm an optimist and we're going to let things play out and there's a reason they play the games. And, uh, I think we're a better team this year than we were last year. And, and, but, you know, we've got a lot of work to do to become the team that we think we need to be.
0: Pat Kent, says on paper, are we a playoff team? The answer is no, but the game is played on the ice.
2: Yeah, I think he's more honest than the, than the last, uh, you know, every year, for the last uh, 10 years, they say our goal is to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the goal is still to make the playoffs, but I think that they're, they're realistic. Everything has to work well for them. I think uh, just looking on paper, I see, a, I see it a little differently on paper. I think they have a lot of talent. They have, they have depth up the middle. I don't think they have a number one center but they've got a couple of number twos. Um, I think that uh, the defense corps it reminds me a lot of the last Stanley Cup winner in 93. You had one of the youngest defense corps in the league. You had Patrice Brisebois, uh, 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 DeJardin. Desjard- uh, Eric
0: Desjardins, Matthew Schneider.
2: Matthew Schneider, uh, Lyle Odelein.
0: You, yeah. have,
2: you have five guys under the age of 23. And uh, and they all produced really well. The only the only guy, J.J. Daniel, I think was 26. Um, Sean Hill was young. I mean, they just had a really good defense. Unfortunately, if you look at them, uh, two years later, when they traded uh, uh, Patrick Waugh and Mike Keene, there were only seven guys left from that championship team. That was 18 months later. And uh, so I don't. I'm not sure what happened to all of those guys. Um, you know, Kevin you know, Holler.
0: Kevin Holler was on that team. I think he was 23 Haller, years old right. at the time. I mean, yeah.
2: You know they made some. They made some really dumb trades. Um, the, the most notable giving away Desjardins and Leclerc, um, uh, Schneider because of the situation with Patrick Waugh, had to go. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, you know, but I, I think that I think that there's more talent on this team than you know, then you think or, uh, you know, or, you know, you see on paper, you look at it and, and there's a lot of guys that I think have the potential to be better than they have been. Um, I think Caulfield is has a potential to score 40 goals. Yeah. Uh, you, you look at the uh, Harvey Pinard, if they can get him the right guys, he can score 20 goals. And I think that, you know, they have to find a spot for him. Uh, that's one of the things they've done getting rid of Pitlick and getting rid of Mike Hoffman and, and, uh, you know, Jonathan Joanne moving on, it opens up a spot for him. And here's a guy that, you know, you, he plays a lot like uh, Brendan Gallagher, you know, he he scores from in close. He's like, he's a better shot than Brendan Gallagher. He's tenacious in there. The other thing is he kills penalties. And yeah. I don't think anybody realizes, you know, how how valuable this guy is in terms of the, the ice time he can give you. And um, so I I, I think uh, – I said this morning I thought that they could make the playoffs, and I, I believe that.
4: Well, you know, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think it was a, it was a refreshingly honest answer from Kent Hughes. Um, as Pat mentioned, the 93 Canadiens defense was young. Um, you no know, one else was part of that defense, Tony. Rob Ramage. Yes. Didn't play a lot. He was injured, but he was part of that Canadian team. No, he
0: wasn't dressed for the final game.
4: Yeah, but 92-93, they had Patrick Wan net. I mean, that makes your young defense a lot better right there. That that is true. They don't have a Patrick Wan net this year. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains on a young defense. I think there's going to be more growing pains up front with U.S. Slavkovsky, who last season I I thought should have gone back to the AHL, or at least to the World Juniors. He wasn't ready to play. Um, But the other thing that was honest about Kent Hughes is, Answer is there's a reason why they play the games. Two seasons ago, the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils had 63 points. Last season, they had 112. Almost doubled their point production. Nobody, did anybody really see that coming? Yeah. No, you are a team that, that gelled together. So would it shock me if they make the playoffs? No. Would I bet money on them making the playoffs? No. Uh, I think they'll be better than they were last season, but there's, as Ken Hughes said, they're in a really tough division and a tough conference. And I just think it's too big of a jump to go where they were, if they had Patrick Watt in net, or if they had Carey Price at the top of his game back in that, would be more of a possibility, like it was in '93. Yeah. But at this stage, I, I think Ken Hughes's answer was refreshingly honest. No, on paper, they're not a playoff team, but they play the games. And uh, last season, at this point, if people were talking about the New Jersey Devils and some of you know we've been talking yeah. here, and I said, Tony, I bet you the New Jersey Devils are going to get 112 points this season. You would have told me I was crazy.
0: Yeah, you're right about that, guys. I don't know if you saw me looking at my phone a couple of minutes ago, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it yourselves, but in the last 20 minutes or so, Sabres are trending, May Day is trending, and Rick generate is trending, and obviously uh, some bad news coming in, if we can show it right here. Generet has passed away. Uh, the Buffalo <laughs> Sabres uh, made that official about um, 20 minutes or so ago, Born in 1942, the longtime voice of the Buffalo Sabers, of course, uh, his famous call was, or probably the, one of the most famous calls was, "Mayday, Mayday, Mayday!" <laughs> when Brad May scored the game-winning goal and the Buffalo Sabers eliminated the Boston Bruins. Another one of his favorites was "La La 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 Fontaine." Guys, a Hall of Fame broadcaster who has passed away. Uh, His organs failed. I think we, do we have something else from the Sabres or from the, uh, from the Generate family? Do we have something Shane? Probably. uh, We don't have it yet. Okay. Uh, No, we do maybe let's see. Okay. On behalf of the Generate family, it's with extreme sadness that we announced the passing of our beloved husband, father, grandfather, and brother, Rick Generate hall of fame broadcaster for the Buffalo Sabres. Rick died on August 17th, 2023 with his family by his side after a two year battle with multi-organ failures. He will be loved forever. I'm not so sure we have one from Sabre's owner, Terry Bagula. We do. Rick was indeed a very special and very loved man to and by all who knew him and listened to him, his magic and his command. How glad I am to have known him. How lucky were we all to have been around him and to have listened to him. Rick Generet's mark on Sabre's history extends far beyond the broadcast booth and we will miss him dearly. I extend my deepest condolences to Sandra, Rick's family, friends, and all that were loved by him. Pat, uh, you've been involved in the game uh, longer than Stu and I have. Uh, I Obviously, everybody knows Rick Generate. Uh, once again, he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster and play-by-play guy. But did you at all have a uh, – did you know him personally at all? Or did I, I, ever... I
2: did know him personally. And I know that uh, uh, two years ago, he, he started becoming ill. Uh, he cut back uh, – um, broke uh, he cut back the number of games he cut back on road trips and then last year i don't think he, he did any games at all uh it's unfortunate uh i used to uh, uh sit with uh, with rick before the games in the in the media press room there and uh and uh, he always had always had some funny stories about the you know the the Sabers and, and and just life in general and and uh um you know, he was just, he was a real gentleman and, and it was always, always fun to be around him.
0: And, uh, you know, what a voice, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, uh, I worked in Toronto for quite a few years and, yeah. and I would listen to just Sabres games and, uh, and, uh, you know, he was, he was one of the best announcers in the league, which is why he's in the hall of fame. And, uh, and, uh, it, it's a sad moment. It's not unexpected because he has yeah. been in. In poor health for the last two years, and uh, but it, but at the same time, it is sad that the passing.
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know Rick Tony but I knew his work, and I'm not surprised Pat would know him and know him personally because I'm shocked when there's anybody in the media or sports world that Pat doesn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, Very sad news. Sad yeah,
4: news.
0: top shelf where uh, Mama hides the cookies. Of course, is is another one uh, that uh, that uh, he was known for. Um and so it's it's look, it's a it's a very sad day for hockey. Uh, but at the same time, as Terry Pagula said, how lucky we were to have known him and to have had the chance to listen to him. Rest in peace, Rick Generate. Stu Cowan, Pat Hickey, thanks so much for joining me on the Sick Podcast. And as Rick would want it, the show must go on. I'm sure he'll be watching from above and be watching his Buffalo Sabres and hopefully uh they can make the playoffs. Uh, this upcoming season for Rig Generate. Thanks, guys.
4: Thanks, Tony. Take Thank care. you, Tony. Thank you See very you,
0: much. There you have it Stu Cowan, Pat Hickey, and I'm Marinaro. Thanks so much, everyone, for watching, for all your uh, uh, your engagement on social media, on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, on Twitter Live. If you like it, like it, share with your friends, comment SICK S I C K. It goes very much, uh, it's very much appreciated by me and by us here at SICK Media. I can tell you that right now. And if you're going to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave us a five-star review, it's, uh, it goes a long way with us as well. It's our way of feeling the love, uh, knowing the time that we put in, the work that we put in hasn't gone unnoticed. Thank you very much. You are my SICK team. You are my SICK community. You are my SICK army. And we wouldn't be much without you. I love you all and for you because you're asking, here's one, here's two, here's three. Thanks very much, everyone, for watching once again. And rest in peace, Rick Generate. You were absolutely fantastic. An iconic broadcaster has left us. But once again, uh, the show must go on. Thank you. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Marinero.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, facebook google play and apple podcasts the sick podcast is brought to you by energy transportation group driven to be different la embrace your true nature and playground your premier gaming destination